0: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
1: This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk co-hosting. Chris, you with me?
2: I'm here, James.
1: Chris, is just unbelievable, you know the guests we have today, you know. I'm just so excited, you know. I'm just, I don't even know what to do right now, Chris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, introduce him. That's the first thing let's do.
1: Well, I'd like to introduce our former NFL player, Don Nottingham. How you doing today, Don?
3: I'm doing just wonderful. It's, uh, I'm uh, always happy when I can uh, put one foot in front of the other and uh, try to be thankful for all the good things that I've been given in my life. And that's... Um, like I said, I'm I'm getting to be an old guy, and I'm looking up your stuff, James. You know, you're one of those guys that pushed me out of the league. Got so big and so fast and so strong, that, uh, the old fat boy, the old fat boy, had to go to work.
2: <laughs>
3: no, uh, I mean, I watch these, I watch these young guys today, and uh, I mean, my gosh, they're doing stuff that uh, we didn't even dream about. I mean, it's incredible the athleticism and.
2: Uh, and they, they used to, the sheer power and strength that these guys showed. But, Don, isn't there also a difference in how things were played? Because back then, you guys were allowed to do a lot more. You know, you, you guys hit. And now they, they're they kind of have to back off a little bit.
3: Well, I, I think given all the uh, the facts and the, the the stuff that's coming out right now, I mean, every single day, I seems like I hear about another one of my brothers that uh, that's got issues with the concussions and all the different things. And I don't seem to have too many friends that can walk straight anymore. When we get together to do any kind of a charity event, uh, I watch the guys going. Nobody walks; they all wobble. You know, they got bad hips, they got bad knees, and shoulders are bad or necks are bad. I was pretty lucky. The only thing that ever bothers me is my hands yeah you know, I was a full black, so I was always trying to punch somebody in the Adams app with my hands and of course, there's a face mask in front of there, so uh, about half my fingers have been dislocated several times and but that's a small price to pay when when I see guys uh, you know Larry little just had the hip replaced about a year ago, and i mean he was he was to the point where you know he was he wasn't that old of a man, and he just couldn't couldn't mobilize so uh, I think they they gotta find ways to. To keep football, football, but but uh, yeah, I agree. Some of the things. I mean, I was always taught uh, uh, nosing the numbers, and uh, I'm going through you. I'm not trying to go around anybody. And uh, but, you know, I was five ten. I couldn't reach anybody past their belly button, so it didn't matter. You know, so that's the way it works. And, but the uh, you know, and it, it's a it's kind of a different game today too. We we felt like if we had two. Twelve to fourteen play drives, one in the first half, and one in the second half. We had a really good chance of winning the football game. I mean, now, I mean, in, in, in seconds, they can they can put two or three touchdowns on the board. They're so fast. Right. You know, that's. Uh, you know, when I think about Paul Warfield and I think about all the guys that I played with, you couldn't run across the middle when I was playing there. You're, you're gonna get you're gonna get kicked around quite a bit now. Without, you got to be a great athlete just to try to keep up with the guys because you can't touch them anymore.
1: You know what, Don? I like to start off something different. Normally, I like to ask our guests, you know, tell where they played and all like that. But I want to do something different for you because what you've done is amazing. And I want you to start off with this. Um, and I, I tell everybody, you know, when I was playing in the league, everybody say you ain't you can't, make, you can't make it. Can you give us, because you say you're living proof for that, Tell us how, you know, people telling you that, and then go to where you play, and like all your confidence is unbelievable, and you play with one of the best guys, Larry Zonka, but go ahead and, you know, tell us how you live in oh,
3: football. Well, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, and I'm from a place called Ravenna, and Larry, Larry uh, Zonka is from a place called Stowe. his natural rivals. He's four years older than me. Larry Zonka was the was the, the level we tried to reach when I was in high school. He was, he, in my my opinion, he was the best fullback that's ever been in the NFL. Maybe not the fastest, and nobody ever accused him of being quick. Uh, but I mean, that man, I seen him get a yard many times when there was nothing there, and he was it um, was just a, an awesome fullback. He was. Uh, Mentally tough, he was physically tough. I mean, he played every game, just about 250 pounds. I mean, he was he was a man. And uh, back in those days, uh, when I got to Miami, we also had an awful good offensive line, so makes life easy. But you know, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy that I even got my got they were getting my nose wet in the NFL, and that's why when I go talk to kids now, I tell them I tricked them for eight years. Had no speed, no moves, nothing. Just, I mean, everybody told me. Of course, when you're drafted by the Super Bowl champions, the Baltimore Colts had just won the Super Bowl, and there were 17 rounds, and they drafted me in the 17th round, which made me technically the last round of the the last guy I picked. And, uh, and in real life, though, I was next to the last. I think the Oakland Raiders couldn't find their guy, so they they drafted him the next day, and he got the Mr. Relevant trophy. So <laughs> I got beat out of that too. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, I um, in those days the the game was a lot slower. It was a lot more. Um, I mean, it was um, the idea was to to. Keep if they have a good offense, we're gonna keep them on the sidelines. So that means we have to stay on the field and score a few points, and then we keep our defense healthy and uh, and, uh, and and nice and rested up. And that's kind of the way it worked. And it's like a, it's almost like a a good quick fast break basketball game now when you're watching some of these guys.
1: Yeah, oh, man. Okay. You know you played in the World League too. Super Bowl. Come on, now, it's amazing what you've done. Like you say. Um, you had to
3: work hard. Nobody thought you'd get there, did they? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's funny that uh, you can go to you can go to the smallest high school here in Florida where I'm at, and they've got pretty close to hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, equipment in their in their workout rooms. When I got to Miami in 1973, the uh, the entire weight room consisted of what's called a universal gym, which is a four sided thing that you can do. Um, you know. Four different leg press, bench press, uh, uh, and arms, and then um, they had 600 pounds of free weight in a bench, and that was the entire uh, weight training program that, that we had in the NFL back in those days. And now you go to the you go to the new Dolphin Camp down in Davie, and uh, I remember they they walked us around when they first opened that. I mean, they had things in there. Uh, I asked Junior Wade, who's a strength coach. I said, "Junior," he said, "Don't even ask, Don. He says, "You're never going to understand it."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he wouldn't even tell me. He wouldn't even tell me how they work because they work on groups of muscles and uh, and and everything like that. It's just uh, it's just so incredible how the science now. Uh, I mean, I mean, my gosh, look, look at. Colleges, high schools, uh, and the pros. I mean, the athletes are. There's no question in my mind; they're absolute better. There's no no extra stuff that's not supposed to be there. Like, you know, I was always considered a little fat guy. You know,
1: <laughs> that 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 makes me want to ask you. You got to tell us now how you get that nickname. Come on, Don. The so human volleyball ball.
3: How would you get the big game. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got that in Baltimore, a guy named Ray May, who was our weak side linebacker, played for us. He was an all pro linebacker in in Baltimore for the Colts. And Ray was probably 220 pounds, maybe. And um, we uh, we had a habit with Coach McCafferty. Uh, when we were running defensive plays. We were playing somebody that had a really good power game. So at the end of practice, we we're going to run uh, you know, three or four plays that are live. And uh, their one of their bread and butter plays was what we call 36 power. That puts the fullback on the weak side linebacker. Wherever he goes, I got him. He's mine. He goes in, I got to pin him in. If he goes out, I got to push him out. Out. If he stays in the hole, i got to knock him out. And I'm thinking, okay, live. And uh, But I was trying to make the team. Remember, I came in there, and everybody told me I was going to get a cup of coffee and get sent home. So I'm figuring it's live, it's legal. Uh, so we came through there, and uh, and Ray wasn't quite ready for him. And I knocked him when he was rear-end. And uh, I thought, okay, I got by that. And uh, McCafferty went bonkers, started screaming and hollering, that's not the way you do, just line up and run it again.
2: I'm thinking, Oh my god,
3: now he's gonna get me. This guy's gonna be ready for me, he's gonna kick my butt. Anyhow, we go out and i and yeah, we know how when you're when you're a blocking back there, you the center of gravity is everything. I got low and he got low and I got low and he got low. Next thing you know, his head's about on the ground, so I just knocked him right up knocked him over again. And he jumped up yelling and screaming, You can't get lower than no goddamn bowling ball and somebody picked it up and put it in the newspaper and then it, it just so so happened, we were playing a Monday night game, um, a preseason game, it was a Monday night game, and Howard Cosell and my Don Murray were running around camp that week. And they, they really were there when all this happened. And so he started, uh, now I wasn't talking to any press back in those days, and I saying I'll keep my mouth shut and keep, keep that way from getting in trouble. But he started calling me, The Howard Cosell had that New York accent, and he was a great guy, but he kept trying to get me in trouble with the coaches. So, but he kept calling me the roly-poly bowling ball, and then everybody got picked up. And I mean, my God, I gave everybody in my family a bowling ball for Christmas that year because every day I'd come into camp, and every day there'd be another brand-new bowling ball in my, in my locker. Somebody sent me. I mean, so, you know, it's, just, uh, it's just, you know, I said, uh, that's why I tell kids, I said, all the really good nicknames were taken. <laughs> but that was my uh, nickname, and that's, what I got, that's all I got done. Ray May is the, was the guy that did it, and then somebody put it in the newspaper, but the guy that really spread it was, you know, if, if we hadn't been playing that Monday night game, I might have got away without it, but it didn't happen, so yeah, and here I am, the human bowling blossom. So anyhow, that's, um, but I was 5'10 and about 220 pounds. Everybody thought wow. that I was little and small, but I was carrying a good amount of weight. Most of the linebackers that I had to block were in the 220 to 230 range. A lot of them were 215. A lot of them were barely 220. I mean, a 250-pound linebacker, I think Billy Lanier was the biggest one we played against in my era, and he was a man. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He was, he was a man. But the uh, most of them weren't, weren't that big, and they were tall, 6'5", and 6'4", and 6'3". So when they want to come and block a guy that's coming at them that's 5'10", they gotta, they've got they got a, a leverage problem. That's why I think I was successful. Right.
1: Well, that's what we're going to do. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll get a lot more about... Um, The Human Bowling Ball. This is James Christmas. Like I say, the Human Bowling Ball. We'll be right back.
0: (laughs) Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
4: Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience?
0: internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're hooked up with loving that sports talk James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show.
1: This is Jeff Love, your host, loving our 4 talk co-host from Chris, you there?
2: I am here. I'm just, I'm having a grand time just listening to to to, 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 to Don's stories.
1: Chris told me, Don, you like, make sure you remember he's a human bullet ball. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
1: we're glad yes, to have you on the show. Um, but, uh, Don, before, I know Chris got a few questions, and I'm going to jump back. I got one more. Tell a lot of people how the game has changed because I got to put you up there, and I know you might, but I'm going to put you up there with Larry Zaka. Remember John Reagan for Washington? You know, you right there with them. Tell them how the game changed. Because back then, fullbacks was needed in the NFL. Now, you rarely see them going with fullbacks. Am I right, Don?
3: I don't think they've got a fullback. There might be one or two somewhere hiding in the league but uh, they've gone to these H backs and um, but that's that's the way the game's kind of uh, um it's uh, the game is, is kind of uh, evolved now to uh, more of a thing. But why would you have a five, ten, two hundred and twenty pound fullback trying to lead when you can put a six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pound guy out there for the league? I mean, you notice uh, a lot of the really good backs nowadays aren't the great big backs. They're the little guys can hide in behind them big old. Uh, we used to call our offensive linemen wide bottoms. You stay behind them wide bottoms. They can't find you. They can't find you. They can't hurt you.
2: That's the way it works. But
3: they, uh, um, like I said, I sometimes get frustrated. Um, um, we went from uh, from Bob Greasy-style quarterbacking uh, to when I was done, and then Dan Marino came in. And, and uh, I think we went from having 27 pages of running plays in Miami when uh, when we had uh, Greasy and Zonk in the offensive line and uh, Mercury-Morris, and we made we made it work. We had like 27 pages, and I, I think when uh, Marino came in, and we had like two pages of running plays and 27 pages of pass plays because we had Duper and Clayton and some uh, some, just some awesome athletes there, and uh, a guy like Marino that could throw the ball, you know, he could thread a needle from 30, 40 yards out, so, and that's what I thought was the, the neat thing about Coach Shula, he always would we go into camp each year, and he'd say, "Okay, this is the hand that I'm dealt. On how we're going to build our playbook?" And he would build the playbook around who was there, not so much some of these system guys that come in, and they're always complaining in the newspaper, oh, "We didn't win because we don't have we don't have this. We didn't win because we don't have that." Well, he is um, Bill Belichick up in uh, New England, along with the ownership and everybody. That's the way the Patriots have been playing the last 20 years. They, they yeah. take what they've got and they find a way to make it work. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's football. That's what I loved about football. And, you know, you, you teach us how to get on the game plan. Um, you know, when we played against uh, really great teams, uh, when, when uh, Buffalo had uh, O.J. Simpson, O.J. only had one 100-yard game against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, most of the time Braxton would get would get close to 100 yards, but they couldn't beat us if he was getting 100 yards. So that's, right. what, that's what you do. You you know, you break down the game plan and you take away their best play and make them beat you with their second and third play. And that, that was what it was all about. And everybody, everybody was required to have your head in the game plan. So if you're on the sideline, I'm backing up Larry Zonka, and that guy never got hurt. I mean, he never got hurt. He never came out of a game. And I was always ready. You can bet your tail. You, you look, you find films, and uh, wherever shooter was on the sideline, I was pretty close to him because, if just once in a while, something might happen. He might throw me in the game. You know, so I'm 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 an optimist, and that's what you do. And uh, uh, but that was what was required. And uh, I think that that's that's the thing. It was so disconcerting watching the Dolphins in the last several years. Is it seems like you got fifty guys out there going fifty different directions. I got got really excited toward the end of last year. The last five or six games last year, the Miami Dolphins were playing like a football team. They were they had had found a way to get rid of the mental mistakes and the the goof-ups. They were offense and defense. I mean, their goof-ups were everywhere. But they they finally got it to where they were playing. We used to say perfect football mix. You have to have perfect practice to play perfect football. And that's what they started doing. So I'm guardedly excited this year. About the team, I'm um, not happy that Tannehill went down, but uh, uh, Cutler's certainly got the uh, arm and the, and the experience to do it. If we can just make him not have to carry the team, we got a good shot. But, you know, the road still goes through New England. I don't care what anybody says.
1: Yeah, yep. Good,
2: sir So one of the things that I wanted to bring up that you haven't talked about is you actually were with the Dolphins when they won Super Bowl Eight. Yes. So... That's why
3: I tell you, when I go talk to kids, I tell them, look, I got drafted by the Baltimore Colts after they beat Dallas in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I got traded to Miami Dolphins in 1973 after they went 17-0. and <laughs> I tell uh, timing is everything but, uh, the, but I tell everybody the good Lord still shined on me because not only was I not supposed to make it to the first NFL game I was actually lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and I now own a Super Bowl ring for Super Bowl 8 who by the way in Super Bowl 8 the, the most valuable player was Larry Johnson. so that tells you how much time I spent on the field <laughs> but my point is is I was part of a very, very good team, and uh, and uh, that's why I tell kids when I talk to them. My message is very simple: you don't let anybody tell you what you can do. You show them, and you do your best job. Whether you make it or you don't make it, doesn't matter. As Long as you look in the mirror and say, I listened to the coaches. I tried my best to execute for the coaches. I've done as good as I can do, and I'm a, that makes you that makes you a stand up guy.
2: Absolutely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut
3: your question off. Anyhow, you're going to ask me something. Oh no about...
2: that 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 was that was kind of what I was was getting at was, you know that had to be a pretty remarkable thing for you and your family and your friends and, you know, because not many people actually say that they were on a Super Bowl team.
3: That's, that's, I I can guarantee you I I can count I could probably write a volume of guys that I know with are outstanding team football players, uh, talent, personal talent, everything that go with it and then everything got a sniff of the Super Bowl and that's, that's uh, yeah, it's too bad but that's, that, that takes me to a bunch of other areas like I am so against participation awards there's winners, there's second place and there's third place and there's everybody else like me that that's rushing as hard as they could and they weren't the tallest and weren't the fastest but we still competed and that's the way that we're losing some of that when everybody gets a trophy uh, you're not recognizing the guys that, that are actually, and the girls, too. It's every sport. I don't think i don't care. To me, what America, what makes America so great is we have competitiveness. We're not afraid to compete with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Doc, how was it? I mean, just, you know, I never got to go to the Super Bowl. I've been to the Super Bowl, but you got to be in one of those. How amazing is that? You know, just being in it, you know.
3: Yeah, and I was pretty lucky. I, I I made it to the Baltimore Colts uh, uh 1971. We had Johnny Unitas, who'd already been in the league uh, 19 years. Earl Morrill was there. He'd already been in the year like 17, 18 years. Um, and uh, Tom Maddie, who was one of my high school heroes, he played at Ohio State, and he'd been in the league already 10 or 12 years. John Mackey was the best tight end ever in the world, and uh, he was there. I mean, and these guys, they they taught us how to be men. They really did teach us how to be part of something that was bigger than we were. And I, that that's that's to me, the uh, the good Lord gave me a gift there that nobody could ever take away from me.
2: Right, right. Yeah, it, it, it's like I said, it's very, it's it's something that that only you will have. You know, you'll be able to to talk about for the rest of your life that most people only wish they they had the opportunity
3: like I said, you you never know when your opportunities are going to come, so you should always be ready to to be uh, be wide awake enough to. Um, I I've talked to some some kids as I and I'm I'm pretty old, so I've talked to a lot of kids lately, and uh, sometimes they they get. Expectations. Sometimes I think parents put expectations on the kids that the kids just can't reach, and that and that it, that's it, it, that's not what sports is about. Sports to me is all about learning how to be a man or a woman. Or but that goes back to the same thing. You got to learn how to be part of something that's bigger than you are. I mean, some days you're going to be shining, some days you're not going to shine so much. It's um, yeah, That's that's what I think the lessons of, that you learn in uh, any kind of sport is. It's, uh, you know, you don't have to do it all by yourself. We've got ten guys on that team on the field any given time. One guy slides a little bit, the next guy can pick him up. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the attitude that, that I like. It's the attitude I live with. Um, and that's what we try to do, you know, I work a lot here in the county with uh, uh, our special needs community, and I've got people here that uh, that are just um, they're amazing. I've got uh, um, I, I could give you a hundred stories of all the people that put countless hours and effort, and uh, we're making it better. And that that makes me feel like I get up in the morning and I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm I'm heading out the door. I mean I'm an old man now, but uh, I still got a lot of things that I can do.
1: Right. You, know, you know, Don, you said something really amazing that I want you to talk a little more about. Because I did a little coaching, and I got out of it. Everybody, why you get out of it? Because these parents are wanting the kids to be something the kids don't want. I mean, I had one kid. He had all the talent in the world, but he didn't want to play. And the parents were exactly. making him, and this kid didn't want to at all. I mean, how do you deal with that, Don? I mean...
3: Yeah, I, I, I've seen a whole bunch of kids that have talent coming out of the zoo, and they just don't want to. They don't want to apply it, uh, and it's a personal decision. And so, what you got to do is, uh, I think you got to show them, show them ways that that can. Uh, that when they walk up, to me, it's all about being. on you know, And this I might sound trite, but if you can look in the mirror and tell yourself, "I did the best I could do." Then nobody can ever slight you. Nobody can ever say you didn't do it right. And that's sometimes it. I get um, I don't know. I think sometimes um, um, sometimes you get uh, the people that, that are really not playing or coaching. Um, but they have they have a big bun, a bunch of input, and they can um, they can be negative. So you got to hopefully find ways to you can look inside yourself and find out to, what what your total true worth is. And that's what it comes down to. And I'm true to my family. I'm true to myself. As long as I can say that, and as long as anybody I know can say that, I'm never going to slight them. That's the way it works. Um, there's tall guys and there's short guys.
1: Well, this is what we're gonna do. We'll take another break and when we come back. We gotta get Chris on you, cause she's, she's ready. You know, I can tell when she's ready. <laughs> but um, this is James Chris, and uh, like I said, former NFL player, Don nine AM, the Human Bullet Ball. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: America Sports.
1: I
2: am with me Chris you there still don't leave I am here James
1: chris uh that I, I means go ahead, I know you got a couple more with them oh yeah you, you know' been I got biting on the ball back yep. here <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to start but go ahead
2: chris I know I know um uh, so so Don, one thing that that you hadn't brought up you know you you were talking about giving back and so forth. But you haven't talked about this. Was I understand that uh, basically you you, you actually went to Kent State University and basically during the end of spring training, spring practice, uh, there's a Don Nottingham Cup that's given to given to the top offensive player. You know, that, yeah, that's they, something of
3: surprised huge. me with that. I never thought I was all that good in college. <laughs> I just uh, that's kind of nice. I, uh, uh, I, I, I said I, I enjoyed my time in uh, in college and high school. But when I think back on all of my, all of my football that I got to play, I think the the most satisfying. Things that I remember, and uh, it was my high school uh, teams. We had, we had coaches. We had, uh, and Northeast Ohio football's king. I mean, on Friday night, it's standing room only. So we were playing for the whole town, and uh, I remember those games uh, like they were yesterday. Every single one of them, and and we didn't we didn't win them all every year, but we won them all my sophomore year, first year I was there. And then, um, you know, it's—I don't know. It's something about Amer- I guess it's got to do with America. That—that's how America's put together. Is everybody falling for the same common uh, common goals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that
1: amazing. Justin even had that award. They're gonna do that every year at Kent State. Doc? What's that? They're gonna do that every year with the award in your name.
3: Yeah, they I mean, give that award out every year. I never can get up there for it because I don't like to fly. So when I go back to Ohio, it's, it's a two-day drive for me. So <laughs> I do my best <laughs> not to fly anywhere. I just don't uh, don't like taking my shoes and my belt and everything off every time I go to the airport. So I, yeah, I get, that's uh, true. I get uh, it's not fun and uh, it's not enjoyable and it's. Uh, I always. And everybody said, "Well, if it's your number, it's your number." I say, "Yeah, but what if it's a guy in seat 5 C-5A's number and I'm in the back of it?"
2: So. Yeah. <laughs> the planes happen. fall
3: out of the sky. They don't. They don't glide down. They fall out of the sky. So I'm like, <laughs> um, I mean, hey, my wife, my all oh, my friends. Everybody thinks I'm an idiot, but that, that's me. I'm, uh, yeah. When I was carrying the ball, you never saw my feet very far off the ground. <laughs> I'm down there where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice so so and we got Well, we've got our 50 year class reunion from my high school coming up in october and um I'm, I'm, uh, driving up is going to be a pain so if i'm going to go i'm going to need to fly and i'm just right now i'm like uh, uh, i got i got a quarter that i keep flipping and keeps flipping with the wrong answer so um i don't know i got to uh-huh. i got to come i got to come to grips with that being a chicken you know
1: you gotta yeah. get one of those yeah, two headed quarters there. Get get a two headed there, and it'll be the
2: right answer, right? <laughs> as long as it's <laughs> yeah. the right end. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. all I know is uh, we thought we were we were awesome in high school until our coach uh, brought us back after we graduated as seniors and showed us films of us playing. Oh my God, crooked lines and mess. I mean, <laughs> we weren't near <laughs> as good as we thought we were, and. Uh, the big eye in the sky doesn't lie. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's true. Film don't lie. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris.
2: So, okay. so another thing that I wanted to to th- talk with you. You were you were discussing a little bit about you know kids that that may not want to play and and so forth. It seems you know because of a lot of injuries that's going on. You know, some moms don't want their kids to play, you know, for football and look at another sport. But the one, the one that kind of gets me are all these professional football players, but more of the young ones that that have kids um, that have that have made a lot of money. Um, they're now saying that, that that the reason why they played football was that it was it was a means to an end. It was a way to get out. Of, of where they lived, um, and go make money. Um, and, and now that they have, they don't want their kids to have to deal with that. They figure if they're going to play a sport, play basketball, play baseball, but not football. What, what, I'd like to know what, what's your thoughts on that.
3: Well, my, my thoughts are that uh, we, we know what has to be done. I think the, 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 helmet, the helmet hits have got to stop. I uh, know, and they're doing that. And uh, but the, the the my best mentors for my whole life. I had business mentors when I got done playing ball, but I had coaches, and I had um, I, all kinds of um, guys I played ball with and they taught me how to play the game correctly and i think the coaches and the coaches that uh we have at the little league levels at the college and the high school levels uh, are getting better they're learning what to do and how not how not to play stupid football you play smart football and uh I, so i think there's a way around it but but the um you know it's, it's disheartening. It, uh, uh, if you play football, sometimes when you get into you know that in that what we call the box from tackle to tackle, there's no way that your head's not going to be touching other people's bodies and heads. It's just there's no way that that can happen. So um, I think we have to learn to, to keep doing it, and we have to keep training them up. I mean, um, uh, there's no question in my mind the helmets they have today are better than the helmets that we played with. There's no doubt about that, right? But, uh, yeah. but there's something wrong. There's also something wrong when I watch a, a high school, college, or a, a pro game. It's amazing to me how many times after the plays over that there's a couple of helmets rolling around on the ground. My, you couldn't get my helmet off with a pry bar. I mean, I was I was taught. Uh, I had a conversation with Chuck Yeager one time, and he was an astronaut, awesome nice. guy. He told me. They, they, they actually poured a mold and fitted their helmets to them for their, when they flew the jets. And that's, uh, and I've made me feel good because that's the way I wore my helmet. My helmet was tight. If my chin strap broke, my helmet was still going to be on my head. And, um, you know, some of these things, I think you, like bobbleheads, you could slap them on the face mask and spin around nine times. That can't be protecting your head. So you can have the best equipment in the world. If you're not wearing it properly, it's not going to do you any good. And that's that's um, that that's just my uh, makes sense to me. I'm just a left-handed fullback. What do I know? Uh, I know when I got my uh, it's like that one old comedian so I got my helmet, my shoulder pads. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, <You can't laughs> and see, uh and Some of these guys they start with their helmet, but they they got it on there so loose if they they get shook sideways. That helmet's flying, and now uh, that that's uh to me that's not protecting me. Yeah, yeah there's, there's... I, I do I think the game will never get that also think about this. When we played, I ran a four six forty and um, and that was and it wasn't because I was fast, it was because I was quick. I, my first ten yards I was as quick as anybody. After that the coach always liked to tell me I was slowing down. I said, Yeah, well my job's over with, I'm done you know, I get the line back or I don't But the but the um, you know, the these the, the speed and, and the the power that the, the the men they're playing with right now is so much uh, more. And I mean, I played some really good hitters. I mean, I I always considered myself a pretty good blocking back. I was a pretty good hitter, and I played some guys that uh, that uh, they were like hitting a piece of. It's you kind know, of hardest steel you could ever think of. They were like hitting, hitting a brick wall. I mean, I, many times I had that. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know Wiley Coyote is, but he used to hit the side of the side of the cliff and slide down. I had that happen to me against several people that didn't look that big, didn't look that strong, but they were they were just that good of hitters. And I think that. The game is the game is done we're we're done with my kind of game, which was a running game and know we're going to run seventy eighty ninety plays, and then seventy percent of them are going to be runs. that's the way we did it. We were supposed to eat clock and then score a few points, and that keeps our defense safe and it keeps keeps us on if we're on the field they can't score It's just the way it works and they uh, I think that um i I think they'll find a way around it as far as they're just and they're already doing it. They're not, they don't allow crackback blocks. They don't allow a lot of the things that uh, that we used to be able to do. And um, and the same thing. They don't allow the linebackers and the safeties to beat up the receivers when they're coming across the middle either. So uh, it's 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 a different ball game and uh, a lot more uh, a lot more um, um, no nos, I guess, than, than what we had.
1: You know what, John? Uh, uh, we're gonna take our last break when we come back. I wanna ask you um two questions. You know, one, uh, what was your a story you could tell us when you came into the league as a rookie and a story you tell us when you was in the league for about four or five years? I know we all got stories, don't we don't? <laughs>
3: yep, that's it. I, I tell every time I talk to kids, I tell them I'm proof that, that you can get it. anything is possible because I was not supposed to. I mean, everybody told me, you're going to get a cup of coffee and you're going to get sent home. And um, I was pretty sure they were right. But I I figured I'm going in there and I'm going to knock everything that gets near me on the, on the ground. I'm going to hurt them. I and mean, I told my mother before I left, I said, I'm going to try to hurt a veteran player. And she said, why would you want to do that? I said, well, I got no credentials They don't think I can play ball, so everything they tell me that everything you do at the pro level is filmed. So I'm gonna knock people down. They can watch me knock the people down, and maybe I'll get a job. If not, I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll be right back after this uh,
1: commercial. uh,
0: internet flagship station for sports... (laughs)
4: Dot TV.
0: James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving and host of Loving that sports talk. And co-hosting with me, Chris, you didn't leave, did you?
2: I did not. I'm right here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> we got our former NFL <laughs> player,
1: Don naughty half the human rope rope bowling ball. That <laughs> 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 well, Chris, I I think you have another question, don't you, Chris? I'm well, right. I I myself. I have
2: lots of questions. I I now want to focus on, on Miami. You know, you 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 mentioned a few things about some of the dolphins, but um I'd like to, to just pick your brain a little bit to see what you're thinking. Um so you mentioned a little bit about Jay Cutler, and so I just want to know: How do you think the team's going to do with Jay Cutler's quarterback? Well, I, I think
3: Cutler's. On, in my opinion, he's never really had a full um, bank around him anywhere. He's he's. has uh, been they've had good part of the game was good, and the other part wasn't so good. I'm just hoping that uh, that he's at that age. And I remember when I started uh, in the league. Um, I started with two really old quarterbacks, Johnny Unitas and Earl Morrow, and those guys never got shook up. They never got worried about anything. And if we if we protected them well on offense, they would make the play happen. And Earl proved that when he got traded from Baltimore, went to Miami, and filled in for Greasy for pretty much the whole the whole regular season of the 17 and O team. There's a guy that was, you know, he he wasn't supposed to be all that good, but the rest of the guys stepped stepped up and made it good for him. So I'm hoping that Cutler can can um, buy into what the, what the coaches are telling him and not not just take care of the ball, don't don't give away a bad field position, and then let the defense keep you in the game. And then when you score some points, you win. And that's that's what it's all about. And um, in uh, my opinion, if if you got to live with the quarterbacks, uh, like I I know that Miami won tons of games when when Marino was there. They won him on his arm. Of course, they put, put guys like Duper and Clayton, and the other guys to catch the ball too. But my point is, uh, a balanced attack is still the best best attack you can get. And if you got a Cutler, Cutler can still throw the long ball. I watched him do it the first one of the first plays he was in Miami, and um, so he can he can get it done. So, like I said, um, I'm 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 guardedly excited about this year. Um, uh, I think the. Uh, uh, Cutler's skill set is certainly good enough to get us where we want to go this year. But John, do you think he's a
1: leader? Don't tell quarterback; gotta be the leader. Yeah,
3: I don't know. I've never been in a huddle with him, and uh, he—I uh, would say—if um, you—if you look at his body of work in in Chicago, uh, you'd have to have some question marks about that. But uh, yeah. and the leadership—the leadership—is. Um, um, not always the quarterback that provides the leadership. I, I can think the leaders we had were uh, Zonka was a leader, Larry Little was a leader, Nick Bonacani was a leader. And they weren't necessarily the quarterbacks in our in our program, and uh, so the, those are the guys that have got to keep the team together. And they need you need always you need uh, somebody that's going to keep the team together. But if everybody if everybody is buying into the culture. And they know what we're trying to get done. Then it doesn't matter who steps up; they're they're capable of stepping up and getting it done. Uh, so there isn't always going to be one person or two people that are carrying the whole load. It's a team job, and that's the way everybody has to think of it. You never know when that uh, when that uh, little. Uh, Temp is going to happen when the little uh, opportunity to pick up a fumble and carry it in. Any any number of things that can happen, and uh, you, you just have to be you have to trust in that you're working hard. That you got you got you got the plan is at the end of the game you need one point more on the board than the other guys have. If you can do that every game, that's what it's all about. You can look ugly as heck. But, uh there's some easy wins and there's ugly wins, but uh, you, you still got to have more points at the end of the day. So I I don't get too worried about putting it all on Cutler's shoulders. I think it's uh, like I didn't well, I didn't want it all on Tannehill's shoulders. Like,
2: right. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. So okay, Jay Jay Ajayi. Um, he was he. I enjoy watching him. You know, he's he's your guys', his, guys is running back. He was fun. He's been fun, and you know. My question is: Do you think he's going to do better this year than he did last? Yeah, I think uh,
3: I think he's going to have a heck of a year because, they're, like I said, it's not the pressure's not on him; the pressure's on um, the whole team. So I think I will pretty much guarantee you he's down there looking in the mirror, thinking, "I got a chance to get a Super Bowl ring this year." And mm-hmm. if he's uh, if he's thinking that way and he can keep that focus, like I said, it's all about staying on the game plan and uh, not ever losing confidence on what you can do and what you can't do that's what it comes down to and um, you know I, I watched I looked at the schedule we've got to play uh, we got to play New England twice from Thanksgiving until the end of the year uh, we got and we play the bills twice I think toward the end of the year we've got four out of uh, four of our, our divisional games are are well after the seasons uh, already been decided so we got a chance to back in to be divisional champs uh, a lot of different ways. So it's just now a matter of playing one game at a time and uh, trying to stay ready. I mean, you never know what kind of shape anybody's going to be in the 8th, ninth, 10th. I mean, 16 games is a lot of games.
1: You know what you said, Don, and uh, it kind of made me think back. You said, you know, no matter who's the leader, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, be a team. Uh, remember that play with Franco Harris? And he got that uh, deflated ball and ran it in. Remember that? Yeah, yep. He I was, he,
3: like was
1: run down field to, he was running downfield. He was running to go block. <laughs> you know, and just like what you <laughs> were saying.
3: <laughs> that's, that's what I'm telling you. But think about this. And this is what I tell Larry Seiple all the time: If uh, if, if Larry was the punter on the Dolphin team, because I was sitting home watching that game, Pittsburgh was beating the crap out of the Dolphins. And then when yeah. when Seiple took off with that punt and faked it and got a first down, that turned the whole turned the whole game back around. And then Miami came back and uh, and and beat them. Um, up until that point. Uh, the, the Steelers were having their way with the Dolphins. And uh, so that's why I told disciple, that was your day to stand up. And he didn't, He that wasn't a called play. He just did it. So, and that's what uh, that's what Shula said. You can always have the right to do that. But just remember, you got a plane ticket home if it don't work. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. I, I always told uh, I got I got used a lot of short yardage and goal line situations. They call that red zone now. So I got to I got to be in games when we're any time from our 2-yard line into the into the end zone. So I got to score of a ton of touchdowns, but I think the longest one I had was about a yard. I think uh, most of them were about six inches, and they just gave it to me because it was six inches, and uh, it's a good key breaker. And uh, so uh, that's the way that kind of works. But the so, but point is. When you got a chance to get the ball over the line, you get it over the line. You don't try to worry about looking good and uh, and like you got moves and stuff. You burrow in there behind them big guys, and guess what? Usually good things happen to you. And that's what, um, as I said, Seipel did that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, that middle of the season, Earl Morrill probably had the longest run on the Dolphin offense that year when he took off with one because he couldn't find a receiver open. I think it was like 18 yards was like the longest run of the year for the whole Dolphin uh, offense. So, <laughs> tell
2: me, mm-hmm.
3: Earl was forty years old. I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> so, that's yeah. the way it's done. And and when you when you trust it, and your and your uh, your head is in the game, that, everything like that's possible. That that's you just can't afford to to get get some you know that's what you were so frustrated they would they would do some a mental error a penalty a mistake something that they they could it's avoidable if you don't make if you don't, don't play perfect football you can't always have a perfect finish
1: you know, John. And said think about you know, all
3: these guys, all the guys that are playing on both teams, are the cream of the cream of all the colleges in the whole country. So this is the, this is the best that it gets. There is no, there is no weak spots.
1: You know, you said something. I'm thinking I'm smiling, thinking back to that Super Bowl. Why would you do something that that, has been working? And you know, I'm talking about that play where they tried to pass the ball. Keep running the ball in, you won't you
3: know? Uh, run with, run with, I think I think in the in the AFC championship game, my first year in Miami, we played the Oakland Raiders, and I think Greasy threw six passes all day. One of them went for a touchdown. So, I mean that that tells you what it is. I mean they throw six passes in the first minute and a half of most games now. So it's, just, uh, it's, a, it's a different way of doing it. And um, with, uh, we had guys that could, uh, I, you know, think about uh, guys I played ball with, like Howard Twilley. Howard Twilley was, he would make your grandmother look like a speed demon. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. He was so slow. and, and it, But when he put his foot in the ground, he had like, three-inch spikes on his shoes, he could put his foot in the ground, and he could make a hard enough cut that he'd get a little bit of separation so they could hit him with the ball. Um, but uh, other than that, he was pretty dang slow. I mean, I can outrun him. I mean, I'm, I can outrun somebody. They're slow. So where that goes. <laughs> and, and so, uh, to me, there, there's a lot to gamesmanship that you have to be, be ready for and and, and um, setting up. I mean, i watched Greasy do it. Spend a whole game getting getting one pass play set up and when it happens right uh, oftentimes often time it went for a touchdown. And it's uh it's you know, it's not always just get out there and slam each other, you know, who's got the who's got the beefiest uh, offensive lineman. It's it's uh, some game with shit the stuff and, and um having confidence in your ability to do what you what you practice every day. Yeah. I guess you know that's it's uh, it's like I guess it was easier when I played because the game was like in half motion compared to the today's speed of the game. <laughs> so, uh, I used to always get a kick out of the guys that ran the four fives and the four fours, they never could beat me down the field on the kickoffs. I couldn't figure that out. So she would always like to explain to everybody I was slowing down after eight yards. I said, Well yeah, well how am I getting down to where the ball's at because... Those guys I'm running into are more scared of me than I was of them. That's what to. Think about it. When you got done with high school, then maybe in high school you probably never on a kickoff team. Most of the most of the people that make it to the NFL were, were were big time high school players, big time college players. And when you get to the NFL, you're just you're part of the same group. So, yeah a lot of guys covering. A lot of guys playing kickoffs and kickoff returns didn't want to be there, and they hadn't been there their whole life, so they're a little nervous. So that's kind of the way it works.
1: <laughs> well, well, we got our music, but I'm uh, gonna take it out, Chris. So, I want to thank you. Really appreciate
3: Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Know, you know. Thank you. Uh, i don't, uh, I yak a lot. I don't. I don't say much, but I yak a lot. So. <laughs> so, yeah, Enjoy the show, and uh, and I hope you guys um, hope you have a great year with your with your program.
2: Oh, thank you, thank, thank you very you so much, much, Don. Don. Okay, we'll see time. you later, then. All right, uh, take yeah, care. Bye.